Welcome to the Boss Hijabipreneur podcast for women of faith and business looking to take their careers or businesses to the next level without compromising their faith. If you're ready to begin taking action on your entrepreneurship goals, learn tips, tools, and strategies to execute consistently and manifest the life of your dreams, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Halima de Oliveira, business strategist, three-time author, using the fusion of faith and finances to lead female-led e-commerce brands to six- and seven-figure revenue targets annually. Ready? Let's work. Tune in to today's episode, Already in Progress. Assalamu alaikum, bossy jabbypreneurs. Welcome back to another empowering episode of your fave podcast for women of faith and business. And I'm your host, Halima de Oliveira. And after a brief hiatus, alhamdulillah, we're back and more inspired than ever. So today's episode is all about the seven habits that will change your life in 2024 as a Muslim woman in business who is balancing a family. Is that any of you out there? If it is, stay tuned. But before we dive into today's episode, let's kick off with our inspirational quote of the week. This one perfectly aligns with our topic. And Allah is the best of planners. You can find that in Surah Al-Anfal, that's Surah 8, verse 30. Remember, as we strive and plan, ultimate control rests with Allah. Now let's get into these habits that will transform your 2024. Habit number one, prioritize daily spiritual practices. You guys know I will forever start with God first. Every single book that I've written, every single program, we always start with God, the creator first. Our first habit is a cornerstone for success. So begin each day with prayer. You can add in Quranic recitation or any spiritual practice that resonates with you. This sets a positive tone, grounding your actions and faith. When I started my coaching business in 2016, one of the first things I implemented was my work schedule. I scheduled my day around prayer instead of prayer around my day. So I cut out the time for prayer and reflection before I created my business hours and being off on Fridays was and is non-negotiable. I don't take calls or answer emails on Friday. I devote the entire day to worship and family. And it has been a game changer for my business. You know, I can look forward to a day of the week where, you know, I can like, you know, take my head off. I can, you know, pick up my head off my shoulders and put it down and really just focus on, you know, that inner reflection. I always do an audit of myself every single week. What did I do well? What didn't I do well? And that's from every aspect. You know, I go from the spiritual to personally to professionally. What did I do well and what didn't I do well? And it has really helped me to move forward. It has really helped me to evolve and into the better version of myself, into the best version of myself. And I pray that that habit helps you as well. Let's move on to habit number two, time blocking for work-life balance. And you guys know, you know, I'm one of those people, like I like the word balance and people 
a lot of times resonate with this word balance. But I will tell you that balance doesn't always mean, you know, 50% of this is going to be this, 50% of this is going to be this. Sometimes it looks like 70-30, sometimes it looks like 30-70, sometimes it looks like 40-60. It will never be an even Stevens type of thing. And I think that's an important conversation to have with yourself, to have with your family, and to have with anyone that is close to you that will be involved in the process of you building your business and simultaneously caring for your family. And so as Muslim women, juggling both business and family, effective time management is key. So you can use this time blocking technique that I'm talking about to ensure dedicated slots for prayer, work, family, and your personal pursuits. And again, this is going to be a game changer for maintaining this. And I'm using very loose air quotes, um, you know, in front of, you know, the word and behind the word balance. Um, because like I said, some days will be 70-30, other days will be 30-70. And it's important for you to communicate what you're doing all of this for and to check back in with yourself periodically, check back in with your family. This is what I intended. Is this working or not working? And then make adjustments from there. Sis, habit number three is setting clear goals and intentions. Goal setting is your roadmap to success. Clearly define achievable goals for both your business and family life. This provides focus, direction, and a measure of your progress. So most women skip this step thinking that they can wing it. Trust me, you can't. And my advice is to create that annual plan, even if you'll make changes along the way. Having a plan that you can update later is better than no plan at all and trying to figure out what you should do next. More gets done with a plan than without it. And, you know, think of, you know, this planning as you're playing chess, not checkers. Think about how fast paced a checkers game is as opposed to a chess game. A chess game is very deliberate, very intentional. And that is what your goals and your road mapping and your vision board, that's what that should look like. It shouldn't just be, hey, let me clip out these pictures and let me just paste it or let me go, you know, on Pinterest real quick and let me find all of these pictures and, you know, put them together and, you know, hopefully all of this comes together. You know, something that I would say to think about is think about, okay, if I have this XYZ thing in mind, how does it flow into the next goal or the next intention that I have for 2024 or whatever year it is? You know, how does it flow into that? How can I use what I learned from this or, you know, what I gained from this particular circumstance? How can I use it for in, intentionally for me to get this next thing? So I pray that that's of benefit there. Let me know in the comments. Let me know in the comments below. Let me know in the comments on this particular episode. Would love to have a dialogue with you. Habit number four, invest in continuous learning. You know that saying, first you'll learn, then you'll earn? Well, the learning journey never ends. Whether it's related to your business, personal growth, or family dynamics, commit to continuous learning. I talk about this at length in my book, Power, Chapter 11. Make sure that you read and reread that chapter. The more you want to earn, whether that's risk, in the dunya or the akhirah, you will have to create a foundational environment for learning. 
stay curious, embrace growth, and adapt to the evolving landscape. Also look for multiple people that inspire you and choose to take mentorship and classes from varying sources. There's no such thing as a one-stop shop. You know, I find a lot of people, you know, they may find a guru that's, you know, talented or learned in XYZ area, and they go to that one person for everything. And that's a huge mistake. You know, myself, I have three coaches that I go to, three coaches slash mentors that I go to, and each one of them gives me something different. One of them may talk about my business. One of them may talk about my spiritual side. You know, they're a spiritual advisor. Another person may talk about, you know, uh, just my community. Like, how, how do I associate with my community, et cetera. I go to people for different things and to learn different things. And you should, too. Do not go to one single person and think that that person can give you advice or the best advice. They can give you advice, but they may not give you the best advice because some areas may not be their area of expertise. So it's important for you to build this strategy team that you can go to for the different areas where you need support and you're looking for growth. I pray that helps. Habit number five. Delegate, 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 and seek support. Recognize the power of delegation. Take your cape off, sis. I talked about this in an earlier episode. Take the cape off. You're not winning any points for doing all of the work yourself. You don't earn a badge of honor for doing all the work yourself. And it doesn't add to your bottom line doing all the work yourself. Believe it or not, Spending your money and hiring more team members and employees is what will add money to your bottom line. So in your household and business, delegate tasks strategically. I had a recent conversation with one of my biz besties and she recently took on a new role and she's experiencing a lot of pushback. Listen, this conversation was like two hours. Um, you know, we talked about other stuff, but mostly we talked about what she was experiencing, the pushback she was experiencing from her new team. So they're challenging her on literally everything. So one of the things I suggested was for her to take her team on a retreat. And I did this with one of my previous teams when I was in the corporate space. I had a team of 36 people and the first thing that you want to do is you want to assess who the players are. So have them complete a DISC assessment. So that's D-I-S-C. And you want to learn which of these they are. They may be one of these four things or a combination of two and sometimes more of these things, one on a higher scale than the other. So I'm going to leave a link to one in the episode notes so that you can go over and you can take a look at it and possibly work on this with your team. So from this information, here's what she'll gain. She will know how she needs to address each team member as well as what tasks she can delegate to them. So what's happening right now is she may be assigning them a task that's not in their wheelhouse, that's not in their area of expertise, or even what they consider to be their area of expertise. What this DISC assessment does is it helps the person taking the assessment. It helps them to see where their strengths and their weaknesses are. And so when you are assigning them a task, they themselves can see, okay, I'm going to excel at this task 
or this is going to require me to collaborate with someone else on this task because this is not my area of expertise, right? And so I, you know, I'm ecstatic to learn how this retreat retreat goes for her and how her team responds to this. But it has worked for myself in the past. It has worked for me as well, delegating this task to my clients or just assigning this task to my clients. And it has helped them to build thriving teams themselves. And so it can take, you know, the apprehension that many of you ladies I'm sure have about hiring team members. I don't want to train them. I don't want to this. If you know who the players are, it will help you to delegate the tasks um, better. And seeking support, aka taking the cake off, allows you to concentrate on these high priority activities. And I'm slowing the pace down a little bit here because I want you to understand that high priority activities are what you as a CEO should be doing. You know, many of us are wives, many of us are mothers or a combination thereof. And we need to take the cape off so we can stop doing some of these low level activities and start doing these high priority activities. Like what do we want our children to learn? Where do we want them to go to school? What type of activities do we want them to be in? That type of stuff takes time for research, et cetera. What if you could take something off of your plate like cooking a meal, still having a home cooked meal, maybe you hire a service that cooks the meal for your family and then you prepare it for the evening. So instead of spending 30 minutes to an hour, maybe an hour and a half preparing a meal, the meal is already prepared for you and maybe you're just heating it up for 10 minutes. Imagine having 30 you know, or an additional 20 minutes, an additional 40 minutes or 50 minutes or so back in your day to where you can be focused on what activities do I want my child in? What school do I want them to go to? Maybe you're helping them with your, you know, with their schoolwork, as opposed to you doing these other activities that will still produce the same result as you hiring a caterer or someone to do meal prep for you. The other thing is money-making activities as it relates to your business, right? So think about the money-making activities in your business. Do you have less time to do those things because you're answering emails, because you're looking at DMs, because you're doing these other tasks? How can you automate it or how can you hire a team member that can take care of these tasks so you can get back to the money-making activities in your business? And if you have slow or stagnant growth, it is time to make the time or money investment to hire a team member or two or five, sis, okay? So you can focus on generating more revenue for your business. Let me know if that's you right now, sis, and if you need support in this area. I would love to help. Habit six, practice self-care. To be at your best, prioritize self-care. Ensure you get enough rest, engage in activities you enjoy, and take breaks to recharge mentally and physically. Remember, self-care is not selfish, it's necessary. One of my spiritual advisors, one of my favorite people to go to for Islamic advice, um, you know, just about literally any area um, is, uh, you know, this uh, brother. And he gave me that I've known him for a very long time. I've known him almost my whole life. And he gave me the best advice as a Muslim woman and that it's okay to prioritize you. When you are well, 
the rest of the family will be well. And the same goes for your business. I pray that this is a benefit and it is as simple as practice self-care. There shouldn't need to be anything further than, sis, practice self-care, prioritize yourself, list the things that you need to happen in a day, in a week, in a month, in order for your self-care to be sound, your self-care routine to be sound, and for you to have everything that it is that you need for you to be fully active in your duties. Moving on from habit six, practicing self-care, and moving over to habit seven, cultivate a supportive network. I feel like these two things go hand in hand. And the brother, the spiritual advisor that I spoke to, I just spoke to him yesterday and just offered just amazing, amazing, amazing advice and just things that I never think, you know, never would have thought about had I not spoken to him. And, you know, just amazing conversations. But anyway, so cultivate a supportive network. The spiritual advisor is one of these people. Again, I talk about 16 relationships in my book, Power. Powerful women need powerful relationships. And one of them is this spiritual advisor. And it doesn't have to be a single spiritual advisor. It can be multiple, but it just needs to be someone or some people that you trust explicitly with them knowing the information you know, them, you know, getting it from a sound source and, you know, them knowing you and how to deliver that information to you. Because sometimes too, we can go to people and they not know how to deliver it to us. I was speaking to my brother actually as well. And my brother and I were talking about how sometimes you need, you know, that Nasiha like, you know, like softness, but truthfulness that the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam delivered. And then sometimes you need, you know, more of that, you know, uh, you know, harsh, you know, hey, this is the, this is it and that's it, you know, and not necessarily taking your, uh, you know, how you're feeling into consideration. Look, this is the hawk, this is the truth, and that's it. Sometimes we do need that, but more times than 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 not, we need that nasiha, like where it's, you know, taking our feelings into consideration when delivering information. Even if it's 100% truth, sometimes you have to deliver it in uh, you know, a, a different manner. And so this supportive network should include these type of people that have these type of characteristics. So surround yourself with a community that understands your journey, whether fellow, fellow Muslim women in business or supportive friends and family. A strong network provides encouragement and valuable insights like what we have in the Boss Hijabi Society. So wink, wink, you guys can't see me, but I'm winking here. And this is a shameless plug. If you'd like to join a community of female entrepreneurs like you, these are, these are female entrepreneurs of faith. Some of them, majority of them are from the Muslim faith tradition. And there are women from other faith traditions that are also involved in the community. And the beauty of that is, is we get different perspectives from the women both from a spiritual standpoint, but also professionally and personally. We have doctors in the group. We have lawyers. We have teachers. We have women that come from all different types of professional backgrounds, and they may have started businesses. We have an engineer in the group. You know, all of these women are coming from different backgrounds, and they may have started businesses in their same field, which a lot of them have. But then there are those that their professional field is one thing, 
and then the business that they've chosen to start is something else. But something that they all have is this fusion of faith. The faith is at the foundation of their business and everything else that they do is built upon this foundation. And those women all can be found inside of the Bossy Jabby Society. So if you would like to check out more and learn more about what we're doing in that community, you can go to www.bossyjabbysociety.com. Boss Hijabipreneurs, seven habits that will change your life in 2024. Remember, each small change contributes to significant growth. As we wrap up today's episode, I leave you with these words of Allah. And Allah is the best of planners. Again, that's Surah 8, Al-Anfal, verse 30. Trust the journey, stay persistent, and may your 2024 be filled with ever-increasing success balance, and blessings. Thank you for tuning in to Bossy Javipreneur. This episode was sponsored by Empower Her Con, where inspiration meets empowerment. Empower Her Con is a transformative conference for women, offering a platform to connect, learn, and grow. You can join me and my sisters at Empower Her Con in Tampa, Florida, February 17th through 18th, 2024, and elevate your business to new heights. Join us next time where we'll be chatting about productivity, how to use your faith to play bigger. But until then, keep thriving, keep growing, and keep being the incredibly powerful woman you are. Peace. Assalamu alaikum. This has been another spectacular episode of Boss Hijabipreneur, brought to you by BUNHD and Empower Her Con. For more details on services and events tailored for women of faith in business, visit www.halimadealivera.com. It is our hope here on the Boss Hijabipreneur podcast that you feel empowered to cultivate a profound connection in your spirituality, nurture meaningful personal relationships, and elevate your business connections. As women of faith, we recognize our responsibility to embrace and apply our religious principles in our daily lives, and we're committed to making positive contributions within our local and global communities.